This message is part of the teaching provided by House on the Rock Fellowship, a church caring for the Miami Valley region. Before you listen, be sure to access the notes in the download section of the message page. Have a Bible ready. Thank you for being our guest. That's great. Awesome. I hope that wasn't my notes. Uh, For those watching online, thank you so much for being here. It means a lot that you would tune in. Um, I am using a handheld microphone because my headset has decided to not work anymore. These things just aren't made to last. Okay. In fact, Stephen, you're going to want to watch this. I've got more voice than this thing's ready for. So, yeah, Stephen's in the back. He's getting, yeah, see, you got to have to do that. I mean, we go through f- the filaments on those microphones are just so very fine. And, of course, they're so very expensive. But during the first service, it just kept cutting in and out, in and out. Just, things aren't built to last. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, because you have headsets that you wear around the house, too. And they're just not built to last. My car is currently being worked on. Logan is the rock star in the back there who's currently working on my car. Why? Because it's not built to last. And I took it into the garage and they said, yeah, $4,000 and we can fix it. And then my wife had to fix me. And then Logan opens it up. He says, yep, it's about a $7 part. Once you open that whole thing up, there's this one little rocker thing goes back and forth like this. Yep. Real small, just not built to last. In fact, he showed me as he opens this thing up. He says, hey, you see all these little metal filings here? That's bad. I knew that much. (laughs) Apparently, metal filings in your engine is not a good thing. It doesn't help it last. And I'm so thankful for for Logan working on my car because it's not built to last. My son's bicycle needs new tires. You know why? They're not built to last. I had to work on the shed and replace something on the door. You know why? It's just not built to last. How many of you have things that just aren't built to last? Yeah, right? Sure. Unless God makes it. Did you know that? The stuff that God makes lasts. In fact, if you've been reading through Scripture with us, you're in the book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 14 says, And the works of the Lord are eternal. Meaning, if God makes it, it lasts. If God's hand is in it, it lasts. And I think that's something that we could really maybe hold on to this morning. Because this Sunday and the next couple Sundays, we're going to talk about something that needs to last. We're going to talk about foundations this morning. And then next week, we're going to talk about how you build on that foundation. And then the week after that, we're going to talk about how you help others build on that foundation so that the right things last. So if you would take out a copy of the scriptures and take out your notes that you received as you walked in, that's the little message guide inside of your notes. It's just a helpful place to write down observations or ideas, questions, verses. Maybe I say something that jogs your memory um, and just kind of help the message go a little bit farther. And if you're watching online, uh, check in with the host. They can also help you uh, do some things as well. So find 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We're going to be verses 10 through 15. I don't know what that was. Did I do that? Commercial break. Yeah. And now a message from our sponsors. <laughs> Brought to you by. 
I'm losing my crowd. Focus. Bible. Ready? 1 Corinthians 3, 10 through 15. I'm going to read through this a couple times. One, just so we kind of get the lay of the land. Two, so we can kind of start to hear what's important. And then I'm going to walk us through it with a little bit more intention. If you didn't have a Bible, they're located on the seats in front of you. You can have one of those. Uh, Nikki's going to have verses up on the screen for you. Uh, you can follow along. But this is 1 Corinthians. Let me read 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 10 through 15. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation. And someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss. Though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. I'm going to read through that one more time. Again, see what jumps out to you, what, what grabs your attention. Are there things that the writer has repeated? Are, are there things that just seem to stand off the page to you? We want to make note of those things as we go through God's Word together. Let me read it again. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 10 through 15, and I'm going to try to open it up for us this morning, okay? 1 Corinthians 3, starting in verse 10. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation, and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it, for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it. It will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he'll receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. Let's look at verse 10 real quick. Because verse 10 is kind of a summary of everything that's going to come after it and kind of ties together everything that we're going to talk about for the next three weeks. Okay, Verse 10. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds. Okay, so I, I see a few things at play in, in this passage that I need to take note of. There, there's some kind of a partnership between grace and wisdom that I need to be mindful of because there's this thing called a foundation. And my life needs to be built upon a foundation. So we're going to have to 
wrestle with where is this foundation and, and how do I build upon it? Because I would think it's better to build on a foundation than to not. And how do I build upon it? Because everyone needs to take care how they build upon it, upon that foundation. And so for the next three weeks, starting today, let's talk about foundation. In fact, today we're just going to talk about foundation. We just want to make sure we understand what is foundation and am I building upon it? Next week, what goes into building on that foundation? And then our last Sunday in this short series, he says someone else is building upon it. There seems to be this idea of a legacy of faith. That while I am building, there are those who are coming after me. There are those who are watching me who are also building and are looking to see, okay, is this how this goes? Is this where this goes? I'm just going to do what that guy's doing. So whatever he does, that's what I'll do. So I encourage you, let's kind of walk through this whole thing together. So let's unpack this idea of foundation. Uh, around my house, they're still building houses. And, and sure enough, the first thing that they lay down is what? They, they, they lay out the footprint for that foundation. That foundation goes in first. Are there other aspects of the house that are going to go in? Yeah, sure. Is, that, is a door important? Door's important. Yeah, we like doors. We like doors. We like walls. We like windows. We like these things. Roof, roof important. Big fan of roof. Like a roof. Like a roof. Like, like flooring. We like all of those pieces. All important pieces. But what happens first? What needs to happen first? Attention to the foundation is first. Why? Well, no brainer. Cookies on the bottom shelf. This is what provides space and stability and security for everything else that's going to come after it. So it makes sense for the Apostle Paul to say, hey, can we talk about your foundation for a second? He's talking to a church that's really struggling. This church is a hot mess. This is the church in Corinth. This is a church that receives letter after letter after letter from the Apostle Paul. Four that we can tell. And then each time, he's just unpacking issue after issue after issue. And so after addressing some of the division issues, he says, hey, you guys need to be mindful of the fact that there's this foundation at play and you need to be building upon this foundation. And what does he say? And your foundation is Jesus Christ. In fact, there is no other foundation. There's not another option. Jesus Christ is the one and only foundation on which a life may be built. Well, why? I like options. Why is he the only foundation? Jesus Christ is that which connects me to the story of God. We unpack this and teach this regularly. But God and his good creation and humanity and its treason and its fallenness and corruption and God and his good promise to deliver and the deliverance that comes through Jesus Christ only and, and the restoration work of God that's leading us to a blessed celebration. This whole thing that's history being played out in front of us. It's Jesus Christ that anchors me in the story. It's Jesus Christ that takes the story of God and turns it into a story of deliverance and promise and restoration 
and celebration. Because apart from Jesus Christ, where am I in the story? Apart from Jesus Christ, I'm nothing but treasonous and corrupt. That's it. You take Jesus out of the story of God. And I am left with nothing but my own corruption and treason. And I tell you, that story just never ends well, does it? That's, that story never ends well. And so in Jesus Christ, I have a connection to the whole story of God, which is a story of promise and deliverance and restoration and celebration. Jesus is the one in Christ. I experience God's promise and deliverance. In Christ, I experience restoration and celebration. All the things that pretty much every human chases after, right? Right? Oh, yeah, give me promise. Oh, yeah, give me rescue. Oh, can I have restoration? Yes, can I have a side of celebration, please? And where do those things rest? Those things rest upon the foundation of Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ is our connection back to the story. Further, Jesus is that cornerstone of truth. Jesus says, I'm the truth, I'm the way, I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So I have never laid foundation. I have never put down block that anyone needs to build on apart from the grace of God that's creating this beautiful ministry. This, I love this church. You guys are awesome. You guys are awesome. God's grace here is an amazing thing. But that cornerstone is the reference point for everything else that follows, right? Guys who build stuff, that's true. Am I making anything? I don't mean to be sexist. Ladies, right? Right? That's fact, right? Cornerstone, right? It needs to be level. It needs to be plumb. Everything has its horizontal and its vertical reference based off that cornerstone. It is what is true. And I want to build my life. I must build my life in alignment to what is true. And so if you watch people that are laying block, course after course after course, and they drop a plumb bob, or they run a level line, it's based off that block. It's based off what is level. It's based off what is horizontal. It's based off what is true. Jesus Christ is the cornerstone of truth. A life wants to be built upon that. You want to build your life upon what is true, not what is false. It's a crazy thing if you think about it. If you're just off a little bit like here, okay, that's fine. But you start building course after course after course, and you're just one degree off here. You know what that looks like in, in, after a little bit? It just starts to compound, doesn't it? Isn't that interesting that the mistakes and the lies that we hold on to in the beginning, the fruit of chaos that that creates later in life? And so Jesus, he is my connection to the story of God. He is my cornerstone of truth, but also like a good foundation. Oh, he's my comfort in the storm. He's my comfort in the storm. And we know of stories in Scripture, don't we? When Jesus starts talking about foundations and storms and how important they are. 
I mean, even when we go camping as a family, and we like to go camping as a family, one of the first things that we teach the boys to do when they set out the tent is you got to stake that thing down, which when you're tent camping, that's about as close to a foundation as you get. You're anchoring yourself to the foundation. You're anchoring yourself to the ground, which is what a foundation does. It anchors you to the reality of ground. So no matter what storm comes, and we've had some storms come, that doesn't move. Now, what's the other option? What's the other option? Well, that's to build without a foundation. Right? Which means you forfeit everything that the foundation provides. To build with that. And he says there's only one foundation, which is Jesus Christ. And so to not build on Jesus Christ is to forfeit everything that Jesus Christ provides, which means no longer am I connected to God's story of deliverance. No longer do I have a cornerstone of truth. No longer do I have comfort in the presence of storm. Now I just have chaos. Because without a foundation, what happens to that house? Oh, it just it slides and moves all over the place. It shifts on every cultural sand and every cultural breeze that you can think of. It just gets pushed all over the place. And it has no sense of home. It has no sense of permanence. It has no sense of order. It's just chaos. That's it. And those moments where it feels like peace, that just means you're in between storms. That's all. You're just in between storms. So the question for each of us this morning, and I don't care if you dressed up today or not. I don't care if you sang songs or not. I don't, you have to ask yourself. I have to ask myself. Am I built on that foundation? There's only one foundation. Am I building my life there? Because, and maybe you didn't know this, you can fake it. Did you know that? You can fake it. You can dress up, and you can show up on time, and you can put dollar in the plate, and you can serve in the nursery. Please serve in the nursery. And you can call yourself a Christian. You can do all these what we call nominal things and not be built upon the foundation that is Jesus Christ. There's examples. Jesus telling the story. Hey, didn't we do this for you? And didn't we do this for you? And didn't we do this for you? And Jesus say, I, I have no idea who you are. I, I, don't, I don't know you. And so this morning, I ask myself, has there been... Is there a decisive, concrete moment in my past where I turned from a life of chaos to my good king who delivers, who is my hope? Who is my connection? 
Paul, there was a moment, and I don't care if it was a moment where you walked an aisle or if it was a moment where you bent the knee or there was a moment up in your bedroom when you were 14 and you prayed a prayer, but there's been, there is a decisive moment where I said, I'm not going to do the chaos thing. By the grace of God, I'm going to build on Jesus. And I don't know what that's going to be, but man, I know Jesus is the only thing for me. I will hold fast because that's the only thing that lasts. Do you have that? Do you have that? I'm not saying, did you screw it up afterwards? I'm not saying, did you go off and do your own thing afterwards? That's what I'm saying. By the grace of God, oh, he can do amazing things with us screw-ups, right? Us hot messes, yes. But hey, yes, I'm a building my life upon Jesus Christ. Awesome. Well, the question that we now need to start asking ourselves is then, how do I build upon that foundation? How? How? If we go back to the passage, remember, we're a fan. Okay, you got one? Look at it. I'm going to take something from verse 10, and I want to draw your attention to something in verse 12. 10 and 12. 10 and 12. He says this in the beginning of verse 10. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation. Look at verse 12. If anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw. Okay, so there's a, a couple things there in the how question. The, the first how is the actual partnership between grace and wisdom. Okay, and then, then the second part is the actual building materials that you're supposed to use. So when it comes to building on that foundation, it requires grace and it requires wisdom. Grace is the life-giving presence of God. Grace is God's provision. Grace is God's presence. Grace is the aspect of the divine in the mundane things of life. And so a smart builder wants to align themselves with as much grace as they can possibly get. I want to be in God's presence, and I want to draw upon grace as much as I possibly can. It's not about how little of grace can I get away with, right? I just want just a little bit. No, no, no. I want as much as I possibly can. It's not... You know, do I actually have to sing the songs? Can I just kind of stand and sway? Do I actually have to pray or can I just think about praying? Like, do I actually have to do the pray? I mean, it's enough for me. Can I just own a Bible or do I actually need to be reading the Bible? I mean, I know where the church is located. Do I actually have to go to it? I know serving is important, but I don't actually have to show up, do I? I agree. Communion is great. Is once a year enough? That kind of person, how much grace? Can I just inoculate myself just enough? I want as much of God as I can possibly get. I want to immerse myself in the grace of God which means I make different choices. I say no to some things so I can say yes to God things. 
I say no, no to wasteful things so I can say yes to grace things. Because I want to immerse myself in God's grace according to the grace of God given me. So God, give me all the grace that you... God, I'm showing up. God, I'm showing up. I have no idea how to read this Bible thing. He's got us reading four chapters all over the place. And it's confusing. It's like we got Leviticus. And dude, he's talking in this book about weird, sacrificial. But God, I'm showing up. I don't understand. I'm showing up. We're reading this chapter. I don't understand. But God, I'm showing up. And God's going to immerse me in grace. God, I don't understand prayer, but I'm just going to try. And so our Father in heaven, the hallowed be, am I doing this right? Your kingdom come, your will be done. I don't even know what that means. But, but I'm going to show up. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder. Another way to say that is a wise builder. When you hear the phrase wise builder in our church family, I pray that that glows a little bit for you. Like, like the big banner on the front that says house on the rock, okay, kind of glows for you. Because Jesus grabs that, doesn't he? He preaches this amazing sermon in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. And at the end, he says, he who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house upon a rock. I want to build with wisdom. But Jesus grabs that from the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs, if you spend any time in it, is all about wisdom and a way of life. And in fact, that passage, Jesus takes it from the last, towards the end of the book of Proverbs. But how wisdom builds a house. What does wisdom know? Wisdom knows that this is a moral universe. Wisdom knows that there's a way that God has ordered things. In the same way that you have things like gravity, built into the universe are things like morality. That there is a right and there is a wrong. And there is order and there is chaos. And a wise builder builds in light of how God has ordered and created things. There's a way to do things. So, when it comes to how I am building, am I immersing myself in God's grace or am I trying to see what I can get away with? Am I building things according to the way God says things are to be done? Or am I making it up as I go? But he goes on in verse 12. He starts to talk about the materials that you use. And what is he? He says, Ah, there's gold, and there's silver, and there's precious jewels, and there's wood, and there's, there's hay, and there's straw. And if I pull up 10 commentaries on that passage, I'll get 20 versions of what those things mean. Oh, gold refers to this, and hay refers to this. And you don't have to read those, because I know what it really means. Okay? Listen, what does he directly say after that? He starts talking about this thing called fire. And if you're building a house in ancient Rome, you know what you're scared of more than anything else? Fire. Because what does fire do to a house? It just destroys it, that's all. Depending on what that house is built out of. Depending on the materials. Because he says, listen, you can build it with gold, silver, or precious stones, or you can build with wood, you can build with straw, you can build with hay. And what's the difference between the first three and, this, and the second three? What endures? 
what goes through the fire. I'm going to build with certain materials because I want certain things to last. I want it to last. So when we go camping, we just take our tent with us, and, you know, it's it ain't going to last fire. No, it ain't going to last a fire. It ain't going to last a week. We don't need it. We're just there for a little bit. It's built out of certain materials because we're just there for a short term. We have no intention of that home lasting more than the 10 days when we're at the campsite. But my home at 1411 Maplecrest, oh, brother, that's designed with other materials. <laughs> this is not in the notes. in our laundry room there's a window and the window up into about a month ago really hasn't had any blinds on it okay which is not best because it just needs to have blinds we'll say that and so we had just got a, a tension rod that goes inside the window you know what i'm talking about and hung hung the hung some what are those things called that hang up and down Curtains, curtains, thank you. Yeah, curtains, those stuff. Uh, first set didn't match great, so she got a second set. But since we have lived in that house, there has been one of those curtain rods, a fancy one with the spirally things on the ends that actually mounts to the wall, you know, like last a little bit more than the tension rod, like it's supposed to be there. But for that to go up, you know, you have to zit, zit, and, and level it so that, the, you know, you're with me so far? Okay, so yeah, Matt's like, yeah, he can't build anything. <laughs> I'll stick to preaching. My wife's gone. I'm like, you know what? I, I get the laundry done. I'm going I'm to put this thing up. I'm going to put this thing up. So I go to my tool room where I have tool stuff, and I grab the thing that goes like that, okay? And I grab, you know, those things that into the wall, the screws, right? I grab myself a couple screws. Fancy. I, I found some yellow ones. I thought that's a cool color. I'll use those ones. Um, why not? They're yellow, right? Is there a difference? And so <laughs> yeah. And so here I am in a modern house that's, you know, less than 20 years old. And I'm taking this particular screw. And I'm going to go into that wall. And I am... What the heck? It's not going in. It's not doing anything. And I am pushing, and I am shoving. I'm like, oh, it's on like Donkey Kong now. I almost went and got a hammer. Why, why, why? What, what, what was I trying to drill into, Matt? A metal stud, right, with a wood screw. Yeah, yeah. The materials, the material. It was all about what the material was in that wall. Why? Because that is designed to last. It's designed to resist. It's designed to do certain things in its construction, in its shape, in its form. Not like the tent. The Apostle Paul says, okay, we need to start talking about what you're building with. He says, that is different than that. Isn't it? Isn't it? That is different than this. That's not going to survive the fire. But Pastor Paul, look, I'm working 
so hard. Pastor Paul, look at all that I am doing. Pastor Paul, look at this. I am just, I am building, and I am building, and I am building, and I am stacking, and my family, they should just be so appreciative for the amount of work and the labor that I put in for them. I am up at the crack of dawn, and I'm, who cares? It doesn't last. It doesn't last. That thing that you are chasing after does not last. The acclamation and the success and the accolades and the trophies and the promotions don't last. They're not going through the fire and coming out on the other side. But what do you mean? Why you keep talking about fire? I'm saved. Let's talk about it. Look at verse 13. Each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he'll receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through, say it, fire. What does that mean? We need to talk about judgment. Okay, when we talk about judgment in scriptures, you need to have two reference points in your mind. Both of them very much a part of history to come. The first is what theologians call the great white throne judgment. Okay, it's a term that they yank out of the book of Revelation. Okay, it is that point in which, that point in which, those who are allegiant to Jesus Christ enter into promise and those who are wicked to destruction. Okay. Jesus would talk about this using the term Gehenna. Okay. Gehenna, or the Valley of Hinnom, is the valley to the south of Jerusalem. It was the city's dump. It was the city's garbage heap. And it was constantly burning. It's where the garbage went. Okay, and that's why it was always burning. Historically, it was used for animal sacrifices and human sacrifices in Israel's past. So it was a place of condemnation and judgment and pagan and all things bad. But if you had garbage in Jesus' time, you took it there and it got destroyed. It got burned up. So Jesus will use that image to talk about this point in future when those who are wicked, those who are not allegiant to King Jesus, go to the fires of destruction those who have not built their life upon Jesus Christ. That's not what we're talking about. Not in this passage. In this passage, we're talking about a second point of judgment that happens afterwards. For those of us who have built their lives upon Jesus Christ, we have the opportunity and the privilege to come before Jesus and to have revealed what we have done with his grace. to have revealed what we have done with his grace. So that's why the Apostle Paul does this flip-flop back and forth. Okay, Those things that were built with the things that go through, things that are of the gold and of the silver and the precious stones, those things that are of value in the kingdom of God, they'll go through. They'll endure in judgment. Those things that are of worthless 
value, of no value in the kingdom of God, those things will be destroyed and you'll suffer loss. You, though, are saved. You'll go through. This isn't about, you know, judgment as far as destructive fire versus promise of God. No, this is judgment of that which I have done with God's grace, how I have loved God and loved others versus how I have loved myself. That's what's at play. is a moment where I will stand in front of my king. And my life will be measured. Paul, what did you do with the grace I gave you? As unique and as special and as odd as you thought that grace might have been, with where you were born and when you were born, with the parents that you had, with the talents that you had or did not have, with the gifts that you had or did not have, with the life that I gave you. Paul, what did you do with the grace I gave you? Those things that are of no kingdom value those things that were about self-promotion and pride, the sinful pursuits, the lesser things. Like the garbage on the way to the dump will be consumed. Those things that are built upon Jesus Christ, that are anchored in the story of restoration and promise and deliverance, those things that are uh, about the proclamation of truth, those things that are according to the grace of God within me, those things will be rewarded. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into. How dare we waste his grace? How are you building? How are you building? Each one's work will become manifest. think this passage in the Apostle Paul does a great job kind of putting the cookies on the bottom shelf for me. Um, that's where I need the cookies. That's where I find the cookies. Take care then how you build. Take care how you build. That means watch carefully what you're doing. Be mindful of. For some of you this morning, it's a diagnostic question. Am I building on Jesus Christ or am I not? 
Am I a follower? Am I allegiant? Am I bound to? Have I been baptized, gone through the water? Have I given myself to the story of Jesus Christ, experiencing his promise and deliverance, his restoration, his celebration? Am I that? Am I in that place? I don't know. Stay after me. Come find me. Let's talk about that. Let's do those things. Second question, how are you building? How are you building? Some of you are working really, really hard building a life of zero, zero value in kingdom economy. And the sad thing is you're proud of it. Look at what I made. Or are you giving yourself over to those kingdom things of kingdom value, of loving God and loving others? The priority of justice, the priority of sacrifice, the priority of humility. Next week, we're going to focus on what these things actually are. That we want to be holding fast to as we hold fast to Jesus Christ. Tonight, we're beginning something that I'm incredibly excited about, uh, this Foundations program. Uh, there's a few moments in my life where I thought I'd actually been doing some. I made the right decision. <laughs> One of them was following Jesus. One of them was marrying my wife. Uh, another one is being a part of this fellowship. But another one, most definitely, is the creation of this Foundations program by which we anchor everyone who wants to be anchored and hold fast onto the foundation that is Jesus Christ. And so uh, kudos to the parents, the students, the adults who are beginning that journey tonight. I cannot wait to see the life that grows out of these commitments and how that's beginning. And it's a program that on-ramps in the spring and on-ramps in the fall. So if you didn't have a chance to join here and you want to do it later, you may do that. But be in prayer for the program because I think Foundations is it's building the future of the church. It really, really is. It really, really is. It's kind of hard to, to talk about these things and not talk about the three little pigs, right? Right? I mean, that's just where it's at. I mean, talk about cookies on the bottom shelf. Why? Because one built with the straw and one built with the sticks and the other one built with the bricks and the chaos monster shows up. And sure, straw falls down and the sticks fall down. But what lasts? Yeah, what lasts? Thank you for sharing your time with us. And we'd love for the journey to continue. If you're a guest, would you consider reaching out to us? We would love to come alongside and encourage you in any way that we can. If you're someone who's joined us today and you are desperately reaching to find hope wherever you can, again, Jesus came that we would find hope. You can find hope today. If you want to send us a short note, a member of our hope team would reach out quickly, promptly to come alongside and see what we can do to encourage you in whatever storm you might find yourself in. That's why Jesus came. And that's why we're here. Jesus said there's two ways to live your life. And a wise man, a wise woman, builds their life on Jesus' instructions. God bless.